0: You're listening to Campus Review Radio. Why are there some safeguards needed before mindfulness is used in classrooms? Well, I think, you know, with whatever we teach to anybody, um, individual people respond differently. And um, it just sort of um, means that we need to make some adjustments so that um, some activities might be more intense depending on whether people have a trauma background or mental health difficulties or they're going through a difficult time or whether they have a disability. Even on a really basic level, if there's a child in a class who has an intellectual disability, you know, they mightn't understand the instructions that are being given. Or in PE, depending on people's health you know, you might need to make adjustments to physical activities. So it's kind of quite common sense, really. It says in me, release, least, could trigger adverse reactions such as feelings of anxiety and emotional flooding. Could you sort of go into a little bit more detail on that? Well, I think it's, it's really when things are at the surface. Um, so when we go through really difficult times, or it could be when we're very little, um, sometimes things actually stay... Um, things stay under the surface until we're actually ready to deal with them. And then when we um, are, then we've got some time to kind of, um, you know, digest, process and do it consciously as an adult rather than um, a- as a child or as a student in a situation where we we haven't really necess- necessarily decided to sit down and work it through, but it gets triggered through putting the awareness on that part of the body. So, you know, some people hold their emotion in their chest, say, um, and other people in their stomach. And if in a mindfulness meditation we put our awareness on that part of the body, it can kind of awaken that area. And that can be a really good thing. And it's why counsellors and therapists use mindfulness. But they're using it in a one to one situation where the person's chosen to go along and begin working on it and the person is trained. You know, and they're not sitting in a room with classmates or peers feeling mm. really overwhelmed. Would you argue it's inadvisable for teachers to use it in the classroom? Well, I think there's a few provisos. I think teachers really need to have a really good, solid experience. Um, their own mindfulness practice, so they've experienced shining a light on some of their own things, and they've been a witness to how that can feel a little bit unsettling and and what might help with that. So they need to have that experience and be really clear. I think they need to know their students really well. So if there is somebody in the group, say, you know, I've heard of a situation where a class has a um, returned soldier from Afghanistan who had quite a a deal of PTSD and... um, you know, that wasn't really the mindfulness meditation. He actually said to the lecturer, I don't want to do this. Um, and she thought that she had to keep it within the program. That's what she was being paid to do. So she kept persevering and he got quite angry. So it was his self-protectiveness kicking in. So I think we really need to know our students and their vulnerability as much as we can. And then I think we need to know about a range of activities So that we can use really grounding ones, we might not use a breathing meditation, we might use a movement one, we might make a mandala, we might do something artistic, we might um, do some awareness training around an old fashioned memory game or, you know, there's so many different ways to get to the point that we might use mindfulness for. You know, say we want to um, reduce stress. Well, there are other ways to do that. If we want to develop self-awareness, there are other ways to do that. So I guess I'm just arguing that whatever we do in the classroom, and good teachers do this, we know why we're going to do it, how we're going to do it, you know, with whom, and we know we're realistic about our own knowledge and our own capacity. Mm. Um, What concerned me greatly about my research was that the teachers, the lecturers I spoke to, didn't actually know that the, their students were having these adverse reactions because, well, I think they hadn't asked them, but I also think that the students' experiences differed so much from the lecturers. They didn't appreciate that this could even, they could even be having these experiences. And so the poor young people who were quite, had come from quite disadvantaged backgrounds, many of them, um, with quite a lot of personal difficulties. They thought they were kind of doing the meditation wrong or this is the way you're meant to do it. Um, and it wasn't until I asked a very, very open-ended question about you know, what was their experience of it that all this fascinating material came forward, which, which really surprised me too. This is it as simple as asking the person, because if this is a traumatic experience, wouldn't they be reluctant to tell the teacher? Well, what I've started to do in my own practice is Before I start teaching, I ask people to do um, a journal reflection and I ask them to tell me if they've had any difficulties with mindfulness before, is there anything that they would like to tell me about any difficulties that they're having. Um, I try to get to know people a bit more first, so do some grounding activities. Um, Because I think good teachers do become attuned to their students and I can... I can sort of sense vulnerability in my students. So now I tread just a lot more carefully. I remember I had a student a couple of years ago who I kind of did sense that she was coming out of a very difficult experience, but I wasn't clear enough about the range of activities or the range of experiences then. And she emailed me the other day saying she wasn't doing mindfulness anymore. She was running and that was making her feel fantastic. And that that was her meditation now i'll just be much more cautious i think provide more information make sure i'm an avenue of contact um really put people empower students to be the authorities of their own experience so that if they start to feel a little bit funny they stop that there's always some go out and get fresh air have a glass of water not participate if you don't want to um, have a talk about the experience after. It's kind of normalised that this, there can be a range of experiences. A little bit like, um, you know, the side effects that are on a, a packet of medication. It's a small amount of people that have an adverse reaction, but we need to alert people that in you know, a small amount of cases it could be possible and, um, you know, put those safeguards in place that way.